Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I received an email from Jeff uh, about a week ago, and uh, it was after an op-ed of his had been published in the Wall Street Journal, and it's Election 2020 and the Invisible. Uh, backers of Trump and Biden have different views on the potency of unseen forces. Well, Jeff, thanks, and welcome back to the show. And I finally figured it out. There are unseen forces at play in the, in this 2020 election. And you started with a sentence that confused me, so I'll ask you to start us off. American politics will inevitably take a metaphysical turn this week. I have no idea what you're saying, but thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me, Ross. <laughs> so what's going on? How do you assess what's going on? Well, it's uh, it's very similar to 2016. Um, but magnified. Um, the same, the same forces are at play. Uh, the same, uh, most of the same characters are at play, and I believe we're going to have the same outcome. Uh, Trump is going to win uh, this election next week. So now, in the in the piece that you wrote for the Wall Street Journal, you uh, you write, and I'm just going to read this first part. American politics will inevitably take a metaphysical turn this week. Behind the headlines about a Supreme Court nominee, debate rescheduling, and national polling in the closing days of a contentious presidential election lie divergent attitudes about a powerful force that cannot be seen. Call it the invisible. What's the invisible? Um, another way to say it would be um, there's uncertainty out there. Um, uncertainty about... Uh, a number of things. Uh, there's uncertainty about the COVID-19 virus. There's uncertainty about the economy. Um, there's uncertainty about climate change. And um, people have different attitudes towards uh, this uncertainty or, or these invisible forces. Uh, there are some folks that want to rely more on government and want government uh, to save them. They want more government control. And then there are other folks um, that want more independence and they want to be left alone. And they believe that um, if they are left alone, they'll make the best choices for themselves and for the future. So in your piece, you go on to say Joe Biden approaches the coronavirus pandemic with sustained fear. He desires to control the invisible enemy with science. He hunkers down in his basement, warning that a Biden administration would shut it down if scientists recommended. He muses about ordering the entire country to wear face masks. He exhibits fear in the face of the invisible. Donald Trump, Trump rather, takes a different tack. He approaches the invisible enemy with sustained optimism, talk of miracle cures, and appeals to open up the economy. He exhibits confidence in the face of the invisible. So... Um, so we have these these two very different men, um, at least on the surface. And what we know of them, they're very different men. And we have a very divided United States. As I look at the U.S., Jeff, from Canada in 2020, I see a more divided country than I saw in 2016. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's uh, similar, uh, similar forces, uh, but it's certainly magnified and uh, unfortunately more divided. So, uh, you write, what pundits see as naive hubris, Mr. Trump's followers see as faithful acceptance of the invisible, of a higher power at work in all things. Mr. Biden approaches the economy with an attitude of more governmental control, which is seen in his promise of more taxes, more regulations, more globalization. 
So is there any chance of the American people coming together? Because one of the concerns that we've had or have, and we've talked about on this program, is the potential for violence and disruption and just general unease in the United States after November the 3rd. Are the followers of Trump and the followers of Biden so divided that that is likely to happen? Would you would you say that it's likely or or would you say I'm not going to discount it? Um, it, it could happen. Um, I, I suspect that if um, if Biden wins the election, which which I don't think he will, um, that uh, there'll be sort of a, a depression that will fall over over our economy. I believe the stock market will crash. People's 401ks will go down. Um, um, small businesses uh, will, will 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 be down. Um, Why do you feel that way? I don't. But I don't believe that there will be much, uh, many protests. So if, if Biden wins, um, I don't think there are going to be people out in the streets protesting, uh, looting, burning businesses, uh, starting police cars on fire, uh, which is what we've seen here in the United States um, in our big cities um, the last several months, unfortunately. Um, however, if Trump wins, uh, which I believe he will, um, I think we're going to see the economy take off. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, optimism, especially among small businesses. Uh, people want hope. Um, they're attracted to uh, Trump because of his um, positive charisma. And I also think that if Trump wins, we are we would unfortunately have again protests. We'd have, you know. Uh, people in the streets uh, causing trouble, okay. starting Jeff, fires, I, I, um, et cetera. I couldn't remember. I mean, I remember our conversations in 2016, and I thought you might have been a supporter of, of Mr. Trump in 2016. I honestly couldn't remember. I knew you weren't a supporter of, of Hillary Clinton, but I didn't know where you fit into the sort of the overall picture. So you, if I understand you correctly today, you see Mr. Trump as being somebody who can project uh, growth and hope in the United States and Biden as being the opposite to that. That's your personal view, right? Am I reading it correctly? That's correct. You're reading me correctly. That's correct. So, so when you're a Midwestern guy, um, so the, the, the heartland of the United States. What do you, you ran for public office. You became a mayor of, of your city at 31 years of age. You didn't really have any experience. You just beat the incumbent by being positive and, and, and getting it done. Um, what, what, what are you hearing in the Midwest of the United States? If we just look at the Midwestern states. What's the feeling there? Yeah, great question. So, um, the feeling in, in Wisconsin and in these, uh, Midwestern battleground states is, um, there's a large group of uh, voters, people that are now interested in this election. That um, I would say they're um, they're very pragmatic um, about what they want the future to be, um, and they're impressed with Trump's policy positions. They're impressed with his optimism. Um, perhaps some of them don't like his personality, but they're putting uh, pragmatics over over personality so 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 if i were to say if i were to ask jeff screamer who has experience winning elections in the united states um if i were to ask you whether there are whether you think people who are on the fence in the midwest in in specifically your state of wisconsin if people are on the fence were on the fence a few weeks ago or maybe still on the fence now you're convinced i gather that they're going to eventually decide for trump 
Um, I believe they will because they want results. Um, you know, in in simple terms, they want to have their businesses open back up. Um, they want to overcome the virus. Um, they're hopeful of of the new uh, vaccines and medicines that uh, that are coming out. Um, they want law law and order on our American streets. Uh, they want well paid jobs, and in essence, um, they're choosing the results of 2019. So they're they're choosing what America looked like last year that worked and brought them life, brought them prosperity. So when so when so when Donald Trump says, when Donald Trump says, uh, or Joe Biden says, I'm going to make your lives better. I'm going to improve things in the United States over what what uh, what Trump did. Why will they not listen to Biden? I'm just asking you because I'm curious. I remember our conversations, as I said, from 2016. I don't remember the content that well, but I remember we talked on a number of occasions. Right. Um, people in the Midwest um, see Biden as a career politician. Um, he, he's been uh, in, a, in elected office for around 47 years. And, you know, the question yeah, is, he long. hasn't done anything significantly significant in that amount of time. What can he do now? I was vice plus, president. He was vice president, but plus, as as, as many people watched um, the last debate, um, Biden, you know, towards the end of the debate, he was getting tired. Uh, he was he was very negative. He had a scowl on his face, um, and he talked about it having a dark winter. And uh, you know, well, I guess. <laughs> does not work, pessimism does not work to win elections. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know where you're, I know where you're standing, Jeff. And I, I, I saw the uh, the op-ed piece that you wrote in the uh, in the Wall Street Journal, so I thought I had to get you back on the air. It, thank you for coming on. It'll be very interesting. It'll be fascinating to see what happens on the third of November. This country here, I mean, Canadians, we're not going to vote, obviously, but we're watching with great anticipation, and people are polarized in this country about the American election. So, good talking to you again. And are you going to run for office again? Um, I have no plans to at this point. Which means you are. (laughs) (laughs) No, it means I really don't have any plans. (laughs) If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 